Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? going into a series on, I'd say raising, but also educating kids. So the series is based on a bunch of research I just did in kind of parenting styles of non-American cultures. So there, and this all applies to education because you're going to, you're going to use a lot of these same tactics in education as well, because even though not necessarily raising kids, we're educating them. A lot of it talks about happiness, well-being, cooperation, respect, all those different areas, which we tap into in education as well. We want kids to cooperate, listen, learn, grow, all those things. So here are the the resources, the texts I read that I pulled a lot of this information from. One of my favorites, Hunt Gather Parent. Another is about Scandinavian parenting. And I believe it's called There Is No Bad Weather. The other is the Danish way of parenting. I've also pulled some content from Aktyung Baby, which is an American's account in Germany and raising the kid, their kid, their kids. And of course, the very famous bringing up Bebe, the French American raising a child in a French uh, setting. So going to go into some different topics. Today's topic is helpfulness. So how do we teach kids to be helpful in the home setting, but also in the school setting? So the majority of this is going to start with kind of what more preschool, early intervention, primary school concepts. And then y'all can think about how to modify that to use it for more intermediate middle school, high school kids, because it works for all kids of all age levels. It just needs a little bit of modifying. Okay. So let's talk first about helpfulness under cultures. So in non-American cultures, it is the expectation that as soon as kids begin to walk, they are required to help. Cleaning, household stuff, their own kind of well-being is no longer the parent's responsibility to fully do everything for the child. So what's really interesting about the research is that in most of these cultures, young children, ages three, four, five, get the most requests for help more so than teens. Why? Because teens are already expected to know what to do and expected to do it without prompting. Whereas young kids need a little bit more guidance and a little bit more prompting. Okay. So in hunt and gather parent, uh, and Micheline, yeah, Micheline. I was like, is that, is that, am I thinking the right author? Um, Micheline uh, Duclef, who works 
or did used to work, I think still does, for uh, NPR, spent some time in uh, foreign countries with parents kind of collecting research and seeing what, what they did. She comes up, she she mentions, not comes up, this, is, this already existed, but she mentions this term of a comedido. And in these this particular culture, she learns that a comedido is a term they use regularly. It really is like accommodation or um, being helpful. And the kids are supposed to be a comedido. They are supposed to be helpful. They are expected of that or expected to be that. So how do you start teaching kids a comedido to be helpful? You just ask. You literally just ask them to do things. But this is a little bit different than chores because a comedido and this idea of helpfulness in these cultures is we are a team. We all work together versus an American culture. When you get kind of more middle school teens, we give them chores. Well, they're expected to do those things on their own. And in these cultures, some teens will begin to do a lot of these things on their own. But, you know, if they need help or want help, the expectation is that the family will help them because it is a together thing. So I think the biggest difference between chores and a comedido is the the togetherness, the teamness, the helpfulness, and the expectation that, you know, if you need help, or at least initially, I will give you help and we'll do it together. It's not just something I'm telling you to do. I'm not taking away your power and control. I'm not giving you all these tasks. We are all helping each other to function well in this household or classroom. The biggest thing and where I see the biggest mistake when parents or educators start to ask kids to help is they give too many tasks or too big of tasks. So start small, start with subtasks, micro tasks, like a three-year-old, just ask them to go get something. Like being a comedido as a three-year-old could be going and getting the shoes you're about to put on them versus you walking over and getting them. Um, being a comedido as a five-year-old is if you're cooking, asking them to get you a pot or a pan or you know to help stir something. So know that too much, too fast won't last. And know that when you are trying to bring helpfulness into your household and you haven't had it before, or you've only had chores, that it's going to take months to get that down, especially if kids are not used to that because they haven't done it before. So give yourself some grace. They're learning new skills. The biggest thing I would say, and even with young kids, is consider their interests. Include them in the choosing process, which tasks they want to do, which tasks they're more motivated with, what they'd like to help with. I mean, young kids are going to probably want to help with everything, but older kids, some of the motivation behind getting these things done and doing them, being part of the team is including them, making them feel heard. Um, so if nothing else, at least ask their opinion about how they feel about the task you've assigned to them and not really assigned to them. Ask them to help complete help. Don't forget this is helpfulness, team fullness. <laughs> Um, if nothing else, especially with young kids and you're not sure how to integrate them or include them in the process of being helpful, at least make sure that they see what you are doing because they start to begin to mimic what you are doing. So if they see you doing the things, they're more likely to be helpful. For example, um, in American culture, I see it quite frequently where we'll like turn on a device or turn on TV and we'll give it to a young kid and we'll distract them or let them play. And then we will go off and do the household chores or things that need to be done. Don't do that. Put them right where the chore is. If you're folding laundry, fold right down the floor with them. If you're vacuuming, then bring them out right where you're vacuuming, whatever it is, but make sure that they see you doing the chore. For really, really young kids, like babies. So, so for example, I have a six month old when I'm cooking in the kitchen, I'm vacuuming, I'm cleaning. I almost always put him in the baby carrier that so I wear him on my back or on my chest. Um, 
uh, and or I will put him in like his high chair or his kind of bumbo seat or even like a bouncer seat and put him right where I'm doing all of these things so that he can see what I'm doing. And to be honest, you know, since we started that so early when he was really, really young, he doesn't even really need anything to be occupied when he's in those spaces. He doesn't even need toys. He's just satisfied with watching because he's curious. Um, but if they struggle, you know, start scaffolding by allowing them to be in those spaces, but give them something to play with. So they're at least in the vicinity. Okay. Um, so again, I haven't reiterated this enough. It is inviting them to be a part of and to do together, whether they are three or 13. Relationship is the strongest form of reward. Biologically, there's nothing more powerful as a form of reward than building, connecting, having a relationship with people that you love or are around a lot. So it's our time and our attention to these kids or in all kids, that is the most precious gift. So make sure that you are inviting them to be a part of this and know that they genuinely want to feel like they are a part of. It's a biological need of ours. If mistakes are made, because we all know that's going to happen, especially if you have older kids and you haven't started this from birth, essentially, guide them back to where you want them to be. Don't punish them. Don't use a sour tone. I'm not sure what a sour tone is, but <laughs> it's not nice. Um don't use a tone that mm, shows like disdain or disgust um, or agitation. Just take a deep breath, guide them back to where you want them to be. And if the child ignores you or laughs, which I've seen too, and they probably will, <laughs> show them little emotion, keep your emotion kind of neutral and guide them again. Um, you could even state your strong feelings. So, so here's an example. <laughs> My six month old is learning to crawl and he started grabbing our plants. And I was reading in the French book about using the term no. And the reason it works so well in France and not in the US is because the French use it with conviction. So I'm like, okay, what does no with conviction sound like for me? So he grabs a plant and I kind of get his attention. Eye to eye contact, face to face contact. And I say, no. And he starts to giggle and laugh. And I say, no. And I think I'm being like stern and I think I'm using conviction. And he's just giggling and laughing. I'm like, all right, not working. So um, that's a good example of like when your child ignores you or they laugh when you're kind of guiding them uh, or kind of giving them a, <laughs> a, a little piece of emotion. Um, so I think for me, what happens is the, the change in tone, the attention he likes, he giggles, he laughs. So the next time when this happens, what I'll do is I will not use any words and I will just show kind of a, an unpleasant facial expression and I will move him away from that and give him something to replace it with, something that is more appropriate to play with. So just a different type of response. So when things don't go well, change your response. And finally, if the task is too advanced for your kiddo or unsafe, like cutting with sharp knives. I mean, I believe in introducing kids to, to unsafe items pretty early so they learn how to use them correctly. But there is a level of like, it might not be best for a three-year-old to be using a sharp knife. You can have them watch, watch you cut things instead of cutting them yourself. And then after you cut them, they can put them in a bowl or whatever it may be. Um, and it's really good to kind of auditorily talk through what you're doing while you're doing these things. So they understand the steps of that. The more they hear them while they're watching, the more they learn the sequence for themselves. So what are some examples of kids, things that kids could do? They could go fetch something for you. They could hold something for someone. They could kind of put things in containers like 
food in containers, uh, serve it in bowls, stir things. They could carry something for you. They can certainly help clean and it might not be up to par and you have to go back over it, but you know, just letting them be a part of that process is, is super helpful. And they can also do, um, um, like helpful things with siblings. Like if they had younger siblings, they can hold the bottle for the sibling or they can help with an ill family member or a grandparent or any type of you know sibling activity. When you are trying these things and you are trying to teach helpfulness and teach a comedito, there are three things to make sure. As Brene Brown now as Brene Brown says, clear is kind. So be clear on what you want them to do and don't use too much language. Too much language gets them lost in your verbal uh, share. So just be kind of clear and simple and short. Make sure the task is doable. Make sure they can actually do it on their own or they can do it with your support. And if it doesn't go well, don't force it. Let it go and come back to it and try it again later. Okay, so... With that, I would say, give it a shot. Remember, you can have them go fetch, hold something, stir or put something in a bowl, a plate, help with siblings, carry something or help clean. That's just about any age group can do that. If it doesn't go well, don't force it. Go back and try again later. Be be kind, make sure it's doable. And that is all I'm going to share on helpfulness today. It is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. not a whole lot more to share there. If you've done this before, let us know in the comments below what, what you've done. Or if you did, it didn't go well, let us know what happened. I mean, kind of guide you from there. And that takes us to today's listener question, which is why do so many kids need control? Why? Well, control is a product of anxiety. Control tells me that someone or a child is anxious because when they're anxious, they are thinking about things of the future. And when they are thinking about things in the future, everything feels like it's out of control, out, like out of their reach. So naturally, we subconsciously start to seek control. So what I do when a child is seeking control is I label what I see. I label the emotion, anxiety, you're feeling anxious. I think you're feeling anxious. You might be feeling anxious. I hold space for that. I let them know that feeling anxious is okay. And that the way out of anxiety is to come back to the present. And then we do some type of mindfulness activity to come back to the present. And then what I also kind of do is think about what are other ways I can give kids back control so I can deal with anxiety and I can bring them back to the present through mindfulness, or I can give them choice, give them option, give them ownership. I can give them a task or a responsibility to do and not something that's like demanding, but something that makes them feel a sense of power and control and accomplishment. But I need to focus on what's driving the need for control, anxiety, what's causing the anxiety, help them learn the emotion they're feeling, anxiety, and find ways to give them a sense of control so that they can not feel so anxious to come back to the present. All right, to wrap up our show, I'm going to tell you our try-at-home tip, which is panoramic view. What does panoramic view mean? It means that when you are feeling stressed, anxious, needing of control, overwhelmed, Go somewhere where you can get a panoramic panoramic view. So maybe a high vantage point, maybe just looking at a window, maybe the top of a hill, maybe just going outside. But the reason that this helps bring you back to the present as a mindfulness activity is because when your body has this panoramic view, it feels like it can see a lot. It can see a far distance. It feels safe and it already puts your body back into a state of equilibrium. So great thing to try. 
That's it for today's episode of Returning to Us Podcast. Don't forget our try-at-home tip, which is get a panoramic view when you're feeling anxious. And if you're looking for more support in the area of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, I would love to be a part of this learning journey. The Behavior Hub offers a few different supports, most of which is coaching for parents or coaching for schools, districts, educators, and online courses, one that even gives university credit from the University of Pennsylvania. So if you're interested in learning more about any of these things, shoot me a text, 717-693-7744, or hop on our website, thebehaviorhub.com, and email me there. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me. 